The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Touchdown, San Francisco! Brock Purdy! Perfect pass. Oh, it's a, it's a dot. That's a dot. That's a dot. Gotta do it. Hey. What a hat set, man. A little hat and t-shirt, mom. Not a little real good right now. Hey, tell you. You down. You down. You down. You down. You down. What's going on, everybody? I'm here with Rohan. What's up, bro? How you doing, buddy? Doing good this morning. How you doing, my man? Good, man. It's Thursday. We're almost to Friday and almost to uh, the weekend, even though, uh, you know, I kind of work seven days a week, but I still enjoy the weekend. Sunday's my favorite day. What's your favorite day of the week, Rohan? Uh, I got to go with probably, honestly, Sunday as well. You know, you have a uh, Sunday football. You wake up, it's it's pretty much there. And uh, you, you get to settle with it the whole day, Saturday or Sunday. Definitely. Yeah, I love Sunday. I get to prepare for the week. We get to watch football. Whole family's home. So usually Sunday's my favorite day. Uh, we got Rohan on for the first 30 minutes, which is fantastic. We're going to catch up on a lot of things. We got some breaking news. We got some incorrect reporting uh, to correct. We're going to talk Ravens, 49ers, Brock Purdy, and Lamar Jackson. And then at the 930 mark, Al Seiko, who's never been on the show yet, is coming on with Brian Rennick. Those two guys do a show together. So looking forward to having those guys on. So we got a great show planned for you guys today. Real quick, hit that like button if you haven't yet. If you haven't subscribed, please do that for myself and not only myself, but Rohan as well. Details in the description for his channel. Also, Real quick, the Ryan Hensley show is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code Hensley for a hundred dollar initial deposit match. If you want to get your credit fixed, go to Blue Water Credit. Details in the description how you can do that. Also, Hensley Real Estate and Mortgage and Solar, those are my businesses. Hit me up if you want to buy, sell a house, refinance, finance a house in California. I would love to help you. Been doing it since 2009. I will do a great job for you. Again, hit that like button, subscribe. Shout out to everybody in the comments. A lot of great people here. I see already Mr. Blue Magic, Matt McCann. Uh, Nick Nice, as always, if I'm missing you, I apologize. I'm just trying to get through it. I think I see Tommy Huxley, who's always coming at my mustache, and he's talking about uh, uh, telling Rohan to comb his hair this morning. He's talking about my mustache. He says I have a, a, a cop's mustache. Tommy is always going hard in the paint and uh, kind of appreciate it. Um, Matt, $5 super chat from the get-go. Appreciate you, man. We didn't get a chance to get into the show yet. You already hit me with Super Chats, man. I, I appreciate it. He says, so can I be a beat writer for The Athletic by copying and pasting from Reddit, asking for a friend? Ron, are you familiar with what he's talking about? <clears throat> I unfortunately am. And, uh, yeah, I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. let's let's clarify some false reporting that's been um, reported. 
Lamar Jackson never ran the uh, 10 second split in the combine. He hasn't been tested on that. Um, it was reported by a 49ers beat writer that Brock Purdy had essentially the same split time, 10 yard split time as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's never been recorded in the 10 yard split. That was false reporting. Apparently his source was somebody on Reddit. Um, so those, those have been removed. That's not true. So if you hear it moving forward, uh, you can shut it down. Now, <clears throat> not to be said that Brock Purdy isn't quick in the pocket. He does have that short area quickness. He did post a good 10-yard split time. But uh, we we have to at least test Lamar Jackson before we say it's the same. Yeah. Who do you think is faster, Lamar Jackson or Brock Purdy, Rohan? I don't even think it's a debate. And the issue when you specifically quote something like a 10-yard split, even when you quote a 40-yard dash, right? The difference in a 10-yard split, if you were at 1.53 or 1.52 seconds versus 1.55 seconds, there is a disparity, quite a wide disparity. Whereas if you're you know, running the 40-yard dash and maybe you're at four, for example, if you're a 4-4 guy or a 4-3 guy and another guy is a 4-4-6 or 4-5 guy, there's a disparity there. And again, we don't like to just say, throw this stat number out there, throw this speed number out there, and that's exactly how they run on film. No. But when you look on film, there's a clear difference with the way Lamar Jackson operates and the way Brock Purdy operates. One is visibly fast. You can see how he utilizes his athleticism, and you can see why he chooses to be a dual-threat quarterback and takes off in the running game. There's designed runs scheduled for him. The other is deceptively fast. And I don't know if it's deceptive anymore because we've seen Brock Purdy be able to escape certain things, but his athleticism is used in a much different way. It's not used in designed runs and different packages like that. Instead, it's used to extend plays. You see how his pocket awareness is improved because of his, you know, his sneaky athleticism. You see his ability to scramble and take off when needed, but I think there's a wide disparity there. And even if you want to bring up statistics such as short area quickness, which I think is a positive, I do think it's a positive for Brock Purdy. It's been well reported. I think that, you know, you, you've got to add context to it if you're going to just say one's got the same athleticism as the other and you see the wide disparity that's shown on film. Yeah, there's also a big difference between short area quickness and, you know, top speed. Lamar Jackson is a freak when, when it comes to running the ball. So comparing him is not is kind of disingenuous. And the, the statistics are reported by a 49ers beat writer, I believe it was yesterday, or were just absolutely um just completely false, just fake statistics being reported. So I feel like it's my duty to let you guys know the truth. And so that's the truth. Uh Matt McCann says, Ryan, at least your dink dunk tech was yours. It was mine, man. You know, I'm I'm proud of it. You know what? My job is a content creator, right? And I created a lot of content for a lot of content creators during that two-month offseason. And we got the conversation going. So to all the content creators who uh, ran videos about it for weeks and weeks and some who still post about it, you're welcome. All right, Rohan, let's let's do this, brother. Um, breaking news here, 49ers signed defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. It came out this morning, apparently. Are you familiar with Taylor Stallworth at all? If I was going to be honest, before this morning, I didn't know who he was. Before this morning, <laughs> no idea. Did yeah, a little bit of you know research and all that. And this one's you know it's interesting. The 49ers said that they weren't ruling anything out earlier this week. Plan. Uh, I mean, people talked about potentially signing Dominic Sue. That was something that they talked about last year. 
Um, but instead, it's Taylor Stallworth, a guy to the practice squad, likely a short game fit or a short, you know, a short uh, fix, a short term fix. While Ark Armstead, Javon Hargrave are probably out at defensive tackle, you're going to likely see him get called up. So not a game changer is what you're saying necessarily. Uh, I mean, his uh, if his career has shown not yet, we'll see what Kostrich does with him. But yeah, nothing like overly uh, exaggerating, and you don't you don't really see too much too many crazy moves at this portion of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I so I, I kind of just checked his stats again. I didn't know much about him. He has fifty eight games. Uh, total 4.5 sacks in those 58 games, 24 solo tackles. So nothing right here is jumping out. Of course, you know, of course, I don't know how many of those games that he played in. What did he like play the entire game or whatnot? But we'll see. Obviously, the 49ers have a need for it with the injury to Eric Armstead, to Javon Hargrave. Also, uh, Kalia Davis was just put on IR for an ankle. Uh, so they're 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 shorthanded at the defensive tackle spot, and I guess this uh, Taylor Stallworth. Cat is supposed to be a, at least a temporary solution. He has a good name. There's a lot of good football players named Stallworth. I know that much. Um, so yeah, 49ers oh, yeah. just signed him this morning, uh, which is good to good to hear. At least they're approaching it. I would kind of like them to sign uh Sue, man, but um, I don't know. What are your, what's your take? Why, why didn't they sign Sue or go after a player like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure there are a lot of factors. One, it's on the player. A uh, player will definitely want to find the best spot for him. And maybe it is with San Francisco, but Dominic Sue, you know, this is the time of year where he'll likely have some more suitors and he's just willing to relax, wait, see who gives him the best offer, understanding that he'll probably have a couple of guys or a couple of teams wanting to make that stretch run with him. Um, so uh, that could be the case. And, you know, it, it's a matter of fact of do you want to find a a roster spot for him because you have a lot of players on your defense and uh, especially on the defensive line taking up roster spots do you want to potentially get another one for him and also potentially this move indicates it might not be as long term of a a need that the 49ers have sue likely requires you to your you if you're signing sue at this point it likely means that one of your guys might not look as good as you anticipated. You might need him for a longer period of time rather than just maybe the next one to two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, the name of this show, brother, is Brock Purdy versus Lamar Jackson MVP fight, at least here on my channel. So I wanted to get your take on this MVP battle. Obviously, when I look at Brock Purdy's numbers from a passing standpoint, they're, they're superior to Lamar Jackson's. One thing they do have in common is they are both tied with, I believe, Derek Carr and somebody else who is slipping my mind with the fewest interceptions. So Brock Purdy, I think it's Dak Prescott, actually. Yeah, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, all tied with seven interceptions, which is the fewest for people who have played 14 games. So quarterbacks that have started and finished 14 games, um, there's four of them that only have seven interceptions. Nobody has less. That's Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, and Lamar Jackson. So when you look at Brock Purdy and look at Lamar Jackson, they are different, very different quarterbacks, not only in your 10-yard split time or in your speed. Um, Lamar Jackson is also leading the Ravens in rushing. He's carrying the load um, from a running standpoint for the Baltimore Ravens. And he's also their quarterback. And then you look at Brock Purdy's number, who is just dominating from a passing standpoint. They're both in the top four, I believe, right now, top five for MVP odds. 
how do you see this battle heating up and how is this game going to affect that the mvp race yeah i think that when you look at it right now the mvp race is slowly taking shape with certain names kind of falling out certain names kind of coming together you know a couple of weeks ago a lot of people like jalen hurts I personally was not a big fan of the Hurts for MVP train. I didn't think that he was his play indicated MVP levels this year. Um, he's kind of fallen out, probably out of the top five for now. Dak Prescott was a guy who was firmly in the MVP race, did not have a good week last week. Now you turn to guys like Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson, the guys who you, you know, who are on the the winning of winning teams and who have made a unique impact this season. And the way that you look at Lamar Jackson, I think is going to be very intriguing for MVP voters this year because Lamar Jackson is not your, your ideal quarterback. He he is not, you know, the guy who's going to throw all the time. He's a guy who's a dual threat guy and a guy who Baltimore utilizes very very effectively in that role. You just mentioned he leads Baltimore in rushing. Well, he is the facilitator not only of a very potent passing attack, but of the league's number one rushing attack this year. And when you talk about the multifaceted effort that Lamar Jackson has put together, there's no, I mean, that's the reason why Baltimore has been where Baltimore is right now. And he, he's a he's an efficient passer, completes nearly 66% of his passes. Uh, the I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, they've won 11 games. He's a guy who has been healthy this year, and he's a guy who has been efficient on the ground and in the air. You, you, you talk about him, he's accounted for around 3,800 yards. And so I think that this is a very, very uh, different battle between two different quarterbacks, two different skill sets, of course, and guys who have had different, different accolades this year. Purdy obviously leading the league and nearly leading the league as well in several different categories in the passing range. Lamar Jackson, he's not necessarily up there in terms of a lot of those passing categories, but when you consider his overall kind of resume, you it's hard to fault him and hard to say that he's not in the MVP race as well. Yeah, and I think this game means a lot, right? These these two quarterbacks here lead um, the two best teams in the NFL right now, at least at least from a record standpoint. And I, I honestly yeah. think they are both the two best teams, not only by record, but they really are. Um, Baltimore is a really good team. They actually are, like you said, they're number one in rushing, whereas the 49ers are 18th in stopping the run. So that's – they're kind of – it feels like the Ravens are beat – or, excuse me, built – to beat the 49ers, their strengths are the 49ers' weakness. I'm not saying that they're going to, but their strengths are the 49ers' weaknesses, right? They have that great run game, whereas the 49ers are 18th in stopping the run. So that works against the 49ers. And they're not used to – Niners aren't really used to playing teams with these uh, elite running games. And Lamar Jackson is a big part of that. Now, Mitchell for the Ravens is injured, um, so that might change things for the Ravens a little bit. Um, but again, Lamar Jackson is your number one runner on this team. Do you think Mitchell's absence is going to slow down the run for the Ravens at all? I, I do. I think that the, it's an important absence because when you talk about how explosive uh, a guy like Keaton Mitchell has been this season, I think that it, when you lose a guy like him, it's tough. And I don't know if they have you know the the uh, type of replacement to fulfill what he provides specifically. I mean, it's been a smaller sample size because he really broke out towards the second half of the year, but Mitchell has rushed for eight and a half yards per carry. I mean, when you talk about rushing for eight and a half yards per carry, that's insane. And it's not like he just did this in one game. 
Mitchell is this is I think he's played in around six or seven games this year played extensively in six or seven games gotten at least seven eight carries in these six or seven games and he's gotten eight yards per carry because of that electrifying speed and because of the way the 40 or sorry the Baltimore Ravens utilize their run game and their running backs now behind him uh, you know, you've got Gus Edwards, who's been the 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 bell cow guy. Obviously, no J.K. Dobbins, but behind him, I don't know if you have that true speed threat. And Gus Edwards is a guy who is more of a grinder. I mean, he's averaged 4.1 yards per carry this year, a ton of touchdowns. I believe he's at 11 or 12 this year, which is uh, a very high in the running back rankings. And so he's a different type of back. So I think you know, you're going to have to find different ways if you're Baltimore to get those explosive plays to generate a, a bit of a balance in the run game. All right. And we're talking MVPs today. Matt brings this up. Good. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says Tyreek Hill out and Miami didn't miss a beat. Well, I think they did miss a beat when he was first injured in that game, wasn't he? It was the second game they came back and they looked like they were fine. Maybe it was a game plan thing. They probably had a lot of things planned for Tyreek Hill. When he went down, they struggled. But the next game, they game planned without him and seemed to do okay. The, so your MVP leaders right now are basically Brock Purdy, CMC, um, Lamar Jackson, Tua, and Dak Prescott. Those are the guys that you hear about. Um, how do you think this works out on the MVP race with three games left? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think I kept it a secret. Dak Prescott was pretty high on my list. But mm -hmm. I said the the main stretch for Dak Prescott in his MVP race was going to be the three-game tough stretch that Dallas has where they face off against Buffalo, they faced off against Philly, and then they faced off against um who do you call it? The Detroit Lions this next weekend, or sorry, four games, because they face off against Miami and then the Detroit Lions the following weekend. Those are some pretty good teams, you know, uh, playoff contending teams. You want to see how he plays. The first test last weekend, Paul, I mean, Buffalo stifled the, the, the Dallas offense. They absolutely, you know, put the lock down the Dallas offense. And so I think that that hurts his case. And right now, I think you'd be tough to say that Brock Purdy isn't the, the the odds on favorite i i mean a lot of sports books you know say that but when you look at it i i think it's tough to say brock pretty isn't and maybe the only guy right now not the only guy but the the primary guy that's opposing or that could really hurt his case is his own teammate christian mccaffrey because the fact that you have two guys who might be worthy of the mvp award on the same team usually you know that 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 might diminish some most valuable kind of value overall and potentially put it in the hands of somebody else. But right now I would have to say Brock Purdy is my MVP. Yeah. I think right now, if he continues to play the way he's playing, I think he wins the MVP. I think he, he would probably deserve it based on his numbers and the way he's playing. Uh, and if this continues at this trajectory, I think Brock Purdy is your MVP. How do you approach this? If you're Kyle Shanahan with, so they need to win two out of the final three games. It sounds like um, it, to secure the, 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 the one seed and home home in the playoffs, right? So they play the Ravens this week. They got some guys that might be able to play but are kind of on that borderline, like a Javon Hargrave, for example. Do you go all in on this Ravens game and try to win it, um, which is what I think you need to do? I think you need to win these next two games. I don't think you wait until you play the Rams to go all in. I think that would be – a a mistake. I, my my good friend Jesse disagrees. I think he want he thinks this is when you rest the players and you try to finish strong. So the 49ers have the Ravens, the Commanders, 
and then the Rams, who are actually playing really good right now. In my opinion, you go all out in this game uh, to try to win this game, and then you beat the Commanders, and then in Week 18, you're resting. Um, how do you think they should approach this, or does it matter, and how does that affect the MVP race? Yeah, I, I do think I'm kind of torn on what exactly uh, I want to do because I'm not going to lie. My initial thought was you have three games. You only need to win two. I don't mind, you know, I, or at least to me, there's more comfort in if your players don't have to go this week, you don't have to force it. Uh, or if your players can't go this week, you don't have to force it. Because to me, I think the number one thing right now for the 49ers is playoff health. I think that they trust themselves. And so if Ark Armstead, Javon Hargrave, or whoever it may be, is not ready to go. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. In week, what, week 16? I don't know if you should force the gun, try and get everybody ready to play, and then potentially risk future injury to where you might not be able to have them for the playoffs because you do have the luxury of losing one game. And this is not at all how Kyle Shanahan's going to view it because in the NFL, you're trying to win every single game. But you know those two games at the back end of your schedule are winnable. Again, I think that there are, you know, there's always the anomaly in football and you don't want to potentially lose an opportunity right in front of you. But I, I think that you have the luxury potentially of treating this game as not a as a not must-win game in the fact that you don't have to play players who aren't 100% because you have two other games to win and because you control your own destiny even with a loss. That's the way that I look at it. But more, I, I think if you have the chance to win this game, I think you have, I mean, you got to take it, right? Because like you said, the best possible scenario for the 49ers right now is you win the next two games and you can do whatever you want in week 18, which might mean maybe playing the starters for a series or two, getting them, you know, uh, knocking off just a little bit of rust and then allowing the backups to fully play in that game and having your guys rested not only for one week, but two weeks with the first round bye. I think for me, I'm going to go as hard as I can against these Ravens for multiple reasons. One, it, it could possibly be a Super Bowl preview. It's the battle of the best two teams in the NFL from a record standpoint. I think 49ers can make a really big statement right here. And three, I just think assuming that you're going to go in and beat the commanders and, and Rams could be a uh, come back to bite you. I yeah. think it's a mistake to assume that that's going to happen. Uh, you know, the Rams played really well. They took this Ravens team into overtime. The, the Rams know these 49ers. It's a, you know, interdivision matchup. So, I, the Rams are playing good lately. They're scoring in the oh, yeah. 30s, like the last four or five games, something like that. They're putting up points. They're not to be taken lightly. Of, of course, I, I I think the 49ers should be able to beat them, but I don't think it's something you want to just count on. Like, I don't think you want to approach this Ravens game like, hey, if we, if we got to rest, guys, that's fine because we're going to beat the Commanders and, and the Rams. I think that's a mistake uh, from the approach. Now, somebody brought up in here the Eagles – uh, could lose two out of three. I don't know, man. The Eagles have an easy, easy schedule. I believe they play. I the think Giants they went out. Yeah, yeah, they play the Giants. Play the twice Giants twice and, and the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean that's 
that's pretty much as easy as it gets in this league uh, from a schedule standpoint. Even though they're collapsing right now, that, that's a schedule they should be able to win, whereas the Cowboys play the Lions, the Dolphins, and who do they play? They play somebody else besides that that's an easy one. But those two games are tough. Um, so I think the Cowboys can honestly be fighting for a, a wild card spot um, when the next three games are over, whereas the Eagles could probably secure um, the, their their – what is it, NFC North? What is it, NFC East, right? Yeah, NFC East. They could secure that. So the 49ers, to me, have to win at least two out of the next three games. And you take it one game at a time, and you go after as hard as you can at these Ravens, and you try to win this game. It's a winnable game for the 49ers, but, um, you know, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Let's talk about this game, Rohan. How do you see this game going versus the Ravens, the 49ers and Ravens? Oh, I'm just noticing Rohan is frozen like uh, like me in this office right now. So I'm I'm assuming Rohan will click off and come back in. I'll uh, put myself on a big screen here, full picture, uh, and we'll get back to Rohan in just a second. But what I was talking about in regard to the uh, – damn, my headphones. Everything's falling apart right now. My headphones came out. Rohan's frozen. Uh, in, in regards to the Ravens being built to beat the 49ers, here's my take and the reason why I say that. They have a very good run game. 49ers are 18th in stopping the run. We know that one. I talked about that one already. The, the Ravens' defense is really good, particularly in the spots where the 49ers lose the attack offensively. They have a really good back-end safety, and they are really good in the middle, uh, which is 49ers like to attack. Now, they've gotten a lot more diverse now because they have Brock Purdy versus when they had Jimmy. Um, but still, it seems like they're built – to beat the 49ers the way their roster is constructed, the way they play football. Also, I don't know, take this for what it's worth. Lamar Jackson is 19-1 and against NFC opponents. So he is 19-1 and against NFC opponents, which is crazy. It, that's a wild statistic. 19-1 and is a very high win percentage. That's higher than um, Russell, Russell Wilson's winning percentage against uh, the 49ers. So that's something... Uh, to keep in mind, I, I, I honestly don't understand why he's so successful against NFC opponents. doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, I talked to Jesse a little bit. Jesse said he thinks it's because, you know, NFC opponents don't prepare to play these guys as often as other teams. But I, I just don't get it. doesn't make a lot of sense. Another one that makes no sense, and it probably means nothing, is um, the last seven underdogs on Monday Night Football have went on to win. So the last seven underdogs uh, have went on to win, um, which is crazy. Uh, and it probably means nothing. It's probably just coincidence. Um, but I do find that extremely interesting uh, that the last seven underdogs going into a Monday Night Football game went on to win. This week coming up, the Ravens are considered to be the underdog. Whether they should or not, I'm not sure. This is a tough game for me. I think, I'm, I, you know, obviously I'm going to go Niners. Probably mostly just because it's a home game. I think if they're on the road against the Ravens, it might be a different game. I feel like the Ravens are going to come out. I think the one advantage the 49ers have that we didn't expect coming into this was that Mitchell is hurt. I think that's huge. Mitchell is a burner, and he's the home run hitter, and him being hurt might help the 49ers slow down the run game, who gave up 200-plus yards rushing against the Cardinals last week. So that's my biggest concern for this game coming up. We'll see what happens. Um, but it looks like Ro, maybe Ro's internet just fold, fell completely apart. I do have Brian backstage. Let me go ahead and pop, pop Brian on. 
and uh, we'll, we'll talk to Brian while Al's coming in. What's up, B? Hey, Ryan. How's it going, man? Good, man. Good to see you, buddy. You as well. Rohan just disappeared on us, man. He was. He oh, was no. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I think his internet. That's uh, the University of Wisconsin Wi-Fi is not yeah. uh, not reliable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming, man. You and Al do yeah. a show together, right? We do. Yeah. Yeah. When do you guys do that show, by the way? Yeah, so uh, we do the no, 49ers Web Zone No Huddle podcast. It's the official podcast of the 49ers Web Zone. Uh, I am also the uh, editor over there. Um, we are a part of the Odyssey family. <clears throat> and then we release two shows a week. Uh, we're actually recording our second show this week later today. Um, the first half, we've got Jason Lockenfora coming on um, nice. to talk Ravens as a Odyssey uh, Ravens insider. Um, and then, uh, and then we'll preview the game a little bit and then, yeah, I, I imagine we will not, uh, I don't know. I don't know what next week is going to look like, especially with the game being on Christmas, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll get, we'll get two, ep two episodes a week is, is what we are, our current schedule. Cool. I want to talk to you more about that when Al comes on here in just a couple yeah, minutes. Sure. <clears throat> I, I've never had Al on the show, so it's good to have both yeah. you guys at yeah. the same time, which is good. Yeah. I've been trying to connect with him for a minute. Uh, we have Keith Murphy with the super chat real quick says they pulled NFL GMs and lack of familiar with Lamar and first time playing him. You don't understand the speed Rams almost beat them. Yeah. And you know what? This could be a blessing in disguise having him on the schedule. If they end up meeting again in the Super Bowl, having like one game against them could really benefit them. But I guess it could also benefit the Ravens in that regard. I was sharing that statistic. Yeah. I'm sure you heard it. The, the Raven, the Lamar Jackson is 19 one against NFC opponents. Yeah. Why do you think that is, man? Um, you know, honestly, I think a lot of that is, is what you see there, right? There really isn't anybody in the NFC that is similar to Lamar. There isn't anyone in the NFL that's similar to Lamar in, in terms of the challenges that he, that he poses. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, you know, this 49er squad faced him in 2019, so they're not unfamiliar with him. Steve Wilkes is unfamiliar with him, but, uh, but the, but the defense itself is not. And, uh, I believe there's five starters on defense that were that are still starting uh against that uh against that raven squad in 2019 so um it's not uh, to me this isn't a situation where it's like uh you know a first time for 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 the 49ers it's they they faced him before and um you know i i i was very thrilled with Wilkes's uh, game plan against Jalen Hurts to keep him in the pocket. Um, mm -hmm. Not that Jalen Hurts is is again the athlete that Lamar is, but um, I do think that they have a, a. I think they'll go in with a good plan, and you know Lamar will get his, but it'll be interesting to see if they can just limit the scoring. Yeah, man, uh, Rohan's back real quick. We got Al backstage, but uh, but Rohan's back in action uh, from Wisconsin. What's up, man? Internet <laughs> went out on you, brother. As always, you know, that's what happens <laughs> when you live in, in a college apartment, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, now nah, I just wanted to come back real quick, say uh, tune out before Al comes in. Brian, good to see you. Um, you but, as well. Uh, Boy, wonder. yeah, excited for this, uh, you know, Monday night game. 49ers Ravens, probably a battle of the MVP. Potentially, we'll see who wins. Ryan, though, appreciate your time, man. Yeah. Hey, buddy, uh, make sure you guys all uh subscribe to rohan follow him on twitter he writes amazing articles uh 
you know, not, not to stir up any rivalries here, but Brian Rennick should definitely try to get uh, Rohan in the building. He's he's really good at it. We had Rohan. He left. He, oh shoot! I brought he, up the, my fault. My fault. My he fault. went off to greener pastures. So. Damn. Damn, damn, my bad, my bad. All right, uh, make sure you guys all subscribe to Rohan. Details in the description how you can do that, and also follow him on Twitter. Rohan, man, you're the you're the guy, buddy. I appreciate you. Hey, appreciate you. Appreciate you, Brian. Hey, and good we'll to see, see you, guys, Rohan. Have a good one, bud. Thank you. Thanks, bud. All right, let me welcome to the show Al. Uh, let me let me Seiko or how do I pronounce it correctly? Sacco, Sacco, like Sack the quarterback. No, That's that, right. I'll never forget it again, easy, man. Easy to remember. Italian last name. Thanks for coming on, man. We've been trying to do this for at least a month or so, man. I should have probably reached out a long time ago, but I'm I'm thrilled to have you on here. Yeah, I'm glad we could figure it out, man. I'm sitting backstage listening to Brian as if I don't have to listen to him enough. So I got to listen to him <laughs> a little bit more, I guess, right now, but it's, it's all right. No, I appreciate it, right? Yeah, we've been trying to get this going for a little bit just with our schedules. We're crazy, but I'm glad to be on, man. You're doing a great job, and I'm, I'm pumped to be on here. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I've uh, had Brian on probably this is like, well, I don't know, fifth, sixth time for Brian. And so I've never been able to get Al on. And then I'm like, well, hey, why don't I get, try to get both at the same time and give that to the people? So I'm thrilled that you guys are both here. You um, lucked out. Al's, a, Al's an East Coast guy, and he's uh, he's at home uh, this week. Vacation. So, yeah. Oh, nice, man. Nice. I wanted to just kind of I, I understand what Brian, I, you know, I've gotten <laughs> familiar with Brian. But, Al, how did you get into this 49er stuff, man? When did you when did it start? How did it begin? How did oh, you get man, into it's it? Been, it's been a long time too long now i think it was like 2013 2012 maybe and um mm-hmm. i just kind of submitted an article to the web zone thinking like whatever started writing for them um and it kind of you know luckily thanks to the fans it kind of took off for me you know i i've written for a lot of different niner stuff and i worked i got a can vr in 2019 and i was with them i wrote for them and their website that season um we started the podcast in 2017 and again, thinking like, you know, whatever, nobody's going to listen to this. And we were lucky enough to, um, you know, again, it's, it's done really well. And then we signed with Odyssey. What was it, Brian? Last August, September, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, we've been with them for like a year and a half. So it's been good, man. You know, we're really lucky. Like we were just talking, like we just had Peter King on we're like, we're That's pitching crazy. ourselves. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just great to be able to do that. You know, I've been lucky enough to be able to cover some games, you know, interview players and things like that. So, and that's just because the fans have supported me for so long. Um, I've been able to kind of stick around and keep doing this. So just, you know, I really appreciate the Niners fans. That's good, man. Well, you guys are a great two-headed monster over there with what you're doing. Make sure – one more time for everybody so they can subscribe after the show. Uh, give us the name of the channel one more time. So 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. Okay. If you yeah, guys are not subscribed, make sure you do that. Go ahead. Yeah, we're strictly right now. Yeah, go to podcasts wherever you get your podcasts because we mostly do podcasts. Things line up on our YouTube afterwards, but we're uh download podcast driven shows. So cool, man. Cool. Well, I wanted to get your take. Um, and real quick, Tommy's got Tommy. I'm gonna save the your great question. I'm gonna get to it here in just a second, but I wanted to stay on the topic we were discussing um prior to you joining us, Al. And I also get Brian's take on the MVP stuff. But right now, Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson are both in the top five. I think Brock's leading it. I think Lamar's fifth right now, I think, in the MVP race, if I'm, if, if I'm correct on the NFL odds. Um, how do you see these two guys as far as how they're carrying their quarterback and their worthiness of that MVP award? Well, I think Brock gets gets knocked because he's got a great team around him, and, and that's not really fair. I, you know, when you look at the 49ers, does McCaffrey help Brock Purdy? Sure. Does Trent Williams help Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, these guys all help each other. And when you look at other quarterbacks who have had 
elite seasons, historical seasons, and that's what Brock is having. Make no mistake about that. He's making he's having a historical season. They have a great supporting cast too. Peyton Manning had Wayne and Harrison and James and Brandon Stokely and did they might have Dallas Clark then too. Kurt Warner had Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce and Marshall Falk. These guys have great players. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice and John Taylor. You can go on and on and on. But what Brock is doing right now, he's not throwing for 240 in a score. He's putting up generational numbers. And if you guys look at it, so he leads the league in TD passes, 29, right? His TD percentage is 7.6. Second is 5.9. Yards per attempt, and he leads in all these categories. Yards per attempt is 9.9. Second is 8.6. Average yards per attempt, 10.6. Second is 8.7. Rating, 119. Second is 106. Right now, he has the fourth highest rating of all time if the season ended today. QBR, 76. Second is 72.7. So he's second in the league in passing yards despite being 21st in attempts. He's doing historic things. You look at every week, completion percentage, seven games in a row, second most all time. These are all-time things that he's doing. So to look at him and discredit any of it because he's got a great supporting cast, again, he's not limping towards things. Jimmy Garoppolo is a perfect example of a quarterback winning games because of his supporting cast. Perfect example if you're looking to go back to it. How many games did we see the Niners win? 23 to 16, and it's late in the fourth quarter, and you're like, how the hell are they not up by three scores? They're dominating this game because they don't have – the quarterback that can transcend them. And I'm going to give you two examples of, of where Purdy transcends it. I was just doing a Raven show and he mentioned, oh, there was the wide open throw to Debo and the wide open throw to McCaffrey this last game. Let me tell you guys, break that down a little bit. The wide open throw to McCaffrey was an off schedule play where he rolls to his left and McCaffrey is wide open. In previous years, that's a sack. Brock got out of that and was able to make a play. The throw to Debo against the Seahawks, um, Jamal Adams is flat footed. Purdy sees that. Debo didn't think he was getting the ball. Sees Williams is flat footed, says, I can hit that throw, throws the bomb for the touchdown. So those plays, you may just see, oh, look, the guy's wide open. If you're really looking at it, that's Purdy making those plays. That's Purdy taking the shots downfield that weren't weren't happening here before. And that's why the offense is able to take the next step. Yeah, man, it's been <clears throat> crazy to watch. And it, it's why I'm so confident in the 49s. I didn't see it coming. Like, I know, you know, a lot of people are, you know, saying they saw it coming and uh, that's fine i I don't think anyone did (laughs) and i think if they said that last year i think that it's luck that it turned out this way because i don't think there's anything that we could have saw in eight games to say okay now next year brock Purdy's gonna come back from ucl injury and lead the nfl and all these statistics have a historic run and be the mvp i don't think if anyone predicted that i think it was purely luck and homerism that it ended up becoming Mm -hmm. true because this is really just unprecedented, just a, a crazy, crazy story. And Brock Purdy has like turned all the doubters, myself included, last year. I, I was really hesitant. It wasn't as much Brock Purdy as it is just this 49ers organization has thrown me so many duds at quarterback over the years. I'm like, can, is this guy really answer? He had eight good games. Like, I really need to see more. He wasn't throwing deep a lot last year. This year, he's just killing it in every aspect. Um, so it, it's amazing to see. And I think Brock Purdy deserves the MVP. If everything continues at this trajectory, that's how I'm voting. But I wanted to ask you guys, I feel like this. I've been saying this for, I don't know, a few days. It always felt like the 49ers could win the Super Bowl with this roster, mm-hmm. uh, even early on in the season. To me now, and, and I'm, <clears throat> I don't consider myself a homer, I really think when I'm analyzing the situation, 
that this 49ers team should win a Lombardi. I think it's going to happen. Uh, outside of injury or Kyle Shannon loses his mind in the playoffs, it's going to happen. I really believe that this is the year. And a, one, and a big reason is because of Brock Purdy. Like, we haven't had a quarterback that's elevating the offense in since Cap, you know, and that was very short-lived. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get your take, man. You guys think the Niners are going to win a Super Bowl this year? I, I mean, I do. I don't uh, – again, I don't think that there is – I will say this. This this game on Monday night, it's <clears throat> the Eagles game was huge for 49ers and 49ers fans uh, just because of the way that the season ended last year. And and it was huge for the NFL because, you know, the Eagles at the time were 10 and one. It it is what it is. I, I think it's pretty evident now that that Eagles record is a little bit inflated from the actual performance of the team. When you look at point differential and things like that, that Eagles team very much to me is more 2022 Vikings than than 2022 Eagles if we're being mm-hmm. perfectly honest in terms of you know just playing really close games um you know not necessarily dominating opponents things like that and and just winning sometimes with luck sometimes with skill it is what it is they're still they still have 10 wins like you got to give them the credit really this Ravens team is the only other team I think in the NFL right now that could lay claim to the mantle of best team in the NFL. And so this game is quite literally the best game of the season against the two best teams in the NFL. And it's just really exciting. And so, you know, obviously we're going to know more (laughs) after Monday night, but the 49ers and Ravens are both going in relatively healthy. Uh, The Ravens are missing their, their home run hitter. Like you said, uh, the Keaton Mitchell, the, the I actually thought, I thought for sure Keaton Mitchell was going to be a 49er uh, in the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I was surprised that he wasn't. But, um, you know, they are down there, like you said, their home run hitter. But for the most part, they're they're healthy on both sides of the ball, as are the 49ers. And it really is line them up and see who is, you know, who who is going to lay claim to I am the best team. And I just do think it's the 49ers. Um, I don't think this Ravens squad has really faced an offense uh, like the 49ers, or at least the way that the 49ers are playing right now. Uh, the the only offense they've really faced similar to that was two weeks ago when they almost lost at home to the Rams. Took The Rams took them to overtime. Uh, the Rams don't have nearly the defense that the 49ers do, and the 49ers' offense is still better than the Rams. And so, you know, with the Rams giving them all that they could handle at home, traveling across country on Christmas – against a better team. I just think the 49ers are going to come out on top. And then at that point, you just have to say like, who, who is going to stop this team? And I don't, I can't think of anybody who can outside of the 49ers or mother injury, if that's what you want to call her. (laughs) Yeah. Al, what do you think, bud? This, this team has a very 1994 feel to it, to me, and not in the sense the 94 team was trying to get over the Dallas hump, right? They had to beat the Cowboys and, and they were all in that season. This team feels that way to me, but for different reasons. There's not a team they're trying to get over. They're more trying to get over the Eagles. They just lost to the Eagles. There was no team that had been a thorn in their side. They were just trying to get over the hump of getting over the hump of finishing the job. So they seem like they were all in on it this year. George Kittle even said in the offseason, like, listen, we understand, like, with this core, we don't have that long left. You know, there's a couple years here maybe with everybody, with Williams, with McCaffrey, with Kittle, with Ayuk, with Bosa, with Warner, with all these guys together. So they understand the assignment. They understand that they have to get it done. 
Now, I think the question mark was the quarterback. Because like you said, Ryan, yeah, he had a great eight games, but we've seen it before. And he's only 23. And it's only a second year. And are there going to be growing pains? Is it going to be something that's going to hold them back? And it hasn't. And Brock's already playoff tested. We've seen him do well. So, yeah, I think this is the year that they have to do. They feel like they have to do it this year. They can prop, they'll probably be right there again next year, too. But they feel like we have to get it done this year. And you could tell on the team, like, like they understand their assignment. And I agree with Brian. The only thing that can really stop them is the team themselves. Or God forbid somebody gets hurt. I don't even want to think about that. Their biggest test might be the team they're playing on Christmas. Really feel like the Ravens can be that good. Now, they lost Mitchell at running back, which is a huge blow for them. Because to have that a running back like that who has that speed and can hit the home runs with Lamar totally changed them, I thought. And then Andrews is out and likely he's played well, but he's not Mark Andrews. So the defense is really good. I'm interested to see how the Niners, because the Niners have blown the doors off everybody. Can they do that against this Ravens defense, which can get after the, the quarterback, which has really good linebackers, which has Kyle Hamilton back there, you know, prowling around. So it'll be a big test, but I think, yeah, the NFC, unless they just have the most off game in the world or somebody gets hurt, there's not a team. I don't think they can beat them in the NFC. In the AFC, Ravens, I mean, you can't count out Mahomes, I guess, even though that team has not looked good. Can the Bills get hot? Maybe. Who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Oh, Dolphins. But, you know, Dolphins are kind of as good as they are. I don't know. We haven't, they haven't really beat anybody, right? They haven't really beat a good team yet. So they haven't beaten a team over 500. Yeah. So I, they're not a team that I'm going to go in and say, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really scared of them, especially because I think the Niners have played up their defense. So, yeah, man, it's like if they don't win it this year, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be tough to stomach. Yeah, because I feel like the 49ers have already proven that they're the best team in the NFC, maybe outside of the Lions, but I don't really cons- they haven't really beat a lot of great teams either outside of the Chiefs, the Lions. So I mean that's the one team that is really having a good year that the 49ers haven't played. And I do think people are sleeping a little bit on the Rams right now. I, I'm not saying the Rams are, are world beaters, but they took the Ravens into overtime. They've been playing, yep. putting up a lot of points lately. We still gotta play them. Uh, this year too so that's one game to look for I think a lot of 49er fans overlook them because of our success against them over the years in the regular season mm-hmm. but they're a good team not not saying that we're going to lose but overall I think the 49ers have pretty much shown everybody that the best team in the NFC if not the NFL and the AFC is down overall like you said so it seems like this is the year before we dive in a little deeper into this Ravens game I do want to get your guys' opinion on what happens if I love, I love these hypotheticals. Uh, hopefully you'll partake in w- with me. People are like, don't do hypotheticals. I'm like, that's like half of what I, I do. It's, it's fun. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so if the 49ers win the Super Bowl this year with Brock Purdy, what does that mean for them with a 23-year-old quarterback going forward? They'll still have one more year, cheap, affordable, free quarterback, basically. Then they'll mm-hmm. have to resign him. But if Brock Purdy continues to play the way he's playing and they win a Super Bowl, what does that mean for this 49ers organization long-term? I think long-term there's, this isn't going to continue. Like once you get a quarterback and you have to play a quarterback, you can't, you can't have this, you can't have this kind of team, but it's, but it's a good problem to have. If Purdy looks the way that he looks, you have, you have a guy who's probably going to be a quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. So that's a, that's a good thing. And if he's with Kyle and if Kyle wins the Super Bowl, he's buying himself at least five years. Right. I mean, he's not going anywhere. So, there's such a good match that I think they're going to be okay. And you've seen this Niners team. There's been some misses. Every team has misses. They've made some huge misses. I mean, Trey Lance was a disaster when you really look at it, but 
they've done well in other areas where it just doesn't matter. I've never seen a team that can, you know, can I swear on here? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. I've never seen a team that can fuck up as much as they have in certain places. And it just doesn't (laughs) matter. Like how many other teams can trade multiple first round picks to number three to get a quarterback? And then, yeah, yeah, it just doesn't matter. We just traded him a year and a half later. Like seriously, nobody else can get away with that. They've mm-hmm. been able to because they find Brock Purdy's because they find Fred Warner's because they find George Kittle because they can get these guys later in the round, rounds. So you have to feel good about what the Niners have. that They can replace these guys. They may not be able to have an embarrassment of riches. They may not be able to go out and sign a Javon Hargrave in four or five years, but they still draft and develop well enough and get these stars in here to where I think they're going to be okay. Now, will the Trey Lance drafts hurt them eventually? Only time will tell. Because those three years where they didn't have the first round picks or whatever, is that going to come back to bite them? Maybe at tackle, maybe at an edge position, whatever. We'll see. But right now, and I'm like you, Brian, Ryan, like I'm not afraid to knock them. I'm a realist. But they've earned the benefit of the doubt with me for what they've done with this roster and, and how they've been able to get talent in here. Yeah. I yeah. I honestly, I honestly think – uh, and and again, this is all hypothetical, right? But everything that we've seen from Brock Purdy, the way that he carries himself, the way that teammates talk about him, the just unassuming nature of who he is as a person, the fact that he went to Iowa in during the bye week and and worked his uh, future wife's family's you know cornfield or whatever it was that he did, I can't remember. I think that's what it was, right? Mm-hmm. All those things. I don't know that there's been a quarter a quarterback that has entered the league that reminds me in the way that he carries himself like Tom Brady, right? And what do we know about Brady? Brady often took a, a, a significantly smaller contract to help the team build around him because what was important to Tom Brady was winning Lombardi's, not maximizing his earning potential partially because he ended up being able to do that supplemented outside right you know and and all the things that he was doing outside i'm i'm not saying this as like a homer pie in the sky i hope this happens it wouldn't surprise me if brock purdy if they win a super bowl with brock purdy this year and after next year which is the first time that they can talk extension he gets Mm -hmm. an extension and he makes a good amount of money but I don't think he's going to look to be the next highest paid quarterback. And yeah. if he is, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the 49ers are willing to give him $50 million a year. I yeah. understand what this team has gone through at the quarterback position. And I understand how good this kid is, but when you have Kyle Shanahan and, and everybody talks about this, this system is QB friendly. Brock Purdy has elevated the system. But I don't think that there is – Brock is unique in his processing, his understanding of the offense. That is unique. And and I think that's hard to find because that's hard to evaluate. And so maybe you don't want to get rid of that. But I just – I don't feel like extending Brock Purdy is going to hamstring this team because I don't think he would let it, and I don't know if the team would be willing to do it. So that's, I think, the most interesting aspect of all of it is what does it look like? Does it look like Brock Purdy becomes the highest paid quarterback because he's just the next one to negotiate his deal? Or does he become a highly paid quarterback, but not the highest? You know, it, mm-hmm. it's very similar to like, and it, it hurts my heart because you're wearing the hat, very similar to what Otani did with LA, right? Where he right. said, look, 
I'll be the highest paid guy, but I'm going to defer almost all of it so that you guys can still build around me. Right. And so not that the 49ers can do that, but you know, that speaks to Otani's a ability to, you know, make money outside of what the Dodgers are going to pay him. Right. Cause he's making boatloads and endorsements and things like that, which is why he can do it. But it's his desire to compete and win and win championships. And Brock yeah. Purdy strikes me as that same kind of player. Not that, not that that's unique to players. <clears throat> Every player wants to win a championship, but he just seems different. I don't know. I, I can't even put my finger on it, but yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see if, if that's the route that he goes. I guess there's the argument to be made that he's already given them a discount, right? If he can, well, sure. yeah, yeah, you know, so I, I we'll see. I don't know, man. I, I feel like these guys have agents and maybe their agents are, you know, a, let me be that a-hole and you can be the humble Brock right. Purdy, but we're going to get mm-hmm. you paid. And I don't know, it would be very hard for the Niners to turn down. Like, let's say Brock Purdy wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. It, and, and he's playing like the best quarterback in the NFL, like he has been this year. It'd be so crazy if 49ers were like, nah, we're good. Like, I, I can't see that happening. I would have fully expect him to work it out in some way. Yeah, if yeah. he wins an MVP and then plays similar next year, they're going to have to pay him a shit ton of money. I mean, they're, they're just going to have to. It, it, it's yeah. just a game. It just is what it is. And they will. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, real quick, super chat from GT. He says, does Rohan pull sources from Reddit without credit? <laughs> <laughs> Ro- Rohan does not do that. Uh, no. Good good uh, question, though. Um, okay, so our guy Tommy asked a good question about how the 49ers approach this coming game, uh, 49ers versus Ravens. I want to get your guys' take on this. Uh, I thought this was a good question. He says, how do we attack their defense, guys? And then he follows up with middle or edge. Or just in general, how do the 49ers go after this Ravens defense? It's a good defense. Yeah, I was just on with Cordell Woodland, who covers the Ravens for 107, 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. And he said what he's most worried about is the Niners running at the Ravens. Like when teams have been able to run on them this year, he felt good about their pass defense um, with their pass rush and, and again, Kyle Hamilton back there or whatever. But that was he, he was concerned about that. And I think so, too. I think it's, it's the, the diversity of the Niners running game. That's going to help them. Yeah, you got McCaffrey, but then you have Debo too. Debo and McCaffrey are the only two players in the NFL this season with five or more rushing and receiving touchdowns. So it's it's that sort of thing that you don't kind of don't know where it's coming from in, in the design. So I feel like the Niners are going to try to run the ball. Um, and I kind of feel like the Ravens are going to do the same thing, especially if Armstead and or Hargrave aren't there. So it could be that kind of game where you see a lot of, a lot of ground in this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you watch that Rams Ravens game, the Rams started the uh, the game uh, and scored on their opening drive, and I believe they only threw the ball one time, and it was just a like a clinic on on running the ball, and they kind of got away from it, um, and I think that was just kind of the nature of the game flow. But um, I, I think I think you can run on Baltimore, um, and. You know, if if you can run on a team, that's what Kyle Shanahan is going to look to do. Um, the one thing that I feel like Kyle Shanahan's favorite thing to do is attack shitty linebackers, and the Ravens do not have those. And that's where I think it'll be interesting to see what that looks like because um, they've got Patrick Queen and they've got Roquan Smith. And outside of Fred Warner, you could argue that Roquan Smith is probably the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. And so I think the middle of the field – <clears throat> might be more close to them than it normally is. 
And so it'll be interesting to see if they do uh, attack the outside. But I think I think this is going to be a run-heavy game plan for both teams. Uh, I think we're going to look up and be like, this first half is over already because I think it's just going to be you know, a kind of a grind it out because I think both teams are going to think to themselves, look, we just want to keep the ball out of that other offense's hands. And so the way we're going to do that is to control the ball, take the air out of it and, you know, and, and try and limit the the possessions for the other team. So um, I think that's, that's probably the, the likely game plan. And then uh, when it comes to throwing um, I think they're going to lean more heavily on play action, which they haven't done a lot this season. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't done a lot of play action. And so, you know, I think this is a, a an opportunity for them to to kind of break that out as a as a swerve, if you will, to what they've been doing uh, so far this season. Uh, how do you how do you think they attack this Ravens defense? Yeah, I, I think they're going to run the ball. I think you're going to see a lot of McCaffrey. I think they're going to get Debo with some carries. I'm interested to see. This is I don't want to say it's their last real test because then they're going to lose one of their other games. But <laughs> this is just such a big game on Christmas. Everybody's going to be watching. It could be a Super Bowl preview. I'm just, I'm, I am really interested to see how they come out against a team like this because they have been blowing the doors off everyone. Every test they've had, the Jaguars were six and two. Philly was obviously a test. Dallas was a test, and they've come out and they've kicked the shit out of those teams. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see how how this game goes. If it's close, I think it's going to be, but or if the Niners come out and just really put a stamp on it. Not, not that people don't think they're the best team. Everybody does, but really makes a statement today and says, okay, you know, not only are the best team in the NFC, you know, we just curb stomped probably the best team in the AFC too. Yeah. Just to see how it happens. But I think I think it's going to be a lot of CMC, a lot of Debo. All right, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys uh, this question in advance, and then I'm going to ask you after I ask you for your predictions here. I'm going to ask you for your predictions here in a second, but um, I try to end my shows with a positive vibe. So, I'm going to depend on you guys because I don't have anything prepared. So my question that <laughs> my, my, my question for you guys at the end of this, after I get your predictions here is um, what's the best advice somebody has given you? So that's my question for you. So you can think oh. on that one while you answer this question, Brian, what's your prediction for this game? How do you see it playing out? If you want to give us a score, even better. Um, I do think that the 49ers uh, pull out the victory. Um, they're playing at home. Uh, it is Christmas. Uh, Baltimore has to travel. Uh, like I said, the only time they've played an offense similar to, uh, to this 49ers offense, uh, the Rams took them to overtime and, and, and the 49ers are, are really a tier above the Rams, both on offense and especially on defense. And so, um, I do think that the 49ers win this game. I don't think that they get to 30, um, just because, this is the best defense that the, that the 49ers have faced since Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously we know what happened in Cleveland. Granted Debo went out after the first drive, Trent was playing hurt. Uh, it was raining, all those things, but regardless, they still only put up 17. Um, I think they're going to put up more, uh, but I'm going to say that the 49ers end up pulling this one out. Uh, I'm going to say they win by a touchdown 27 to 20. Nice. Uh, what about you, sir? Um, I said 27-23 earlier on, on another show, so I'm going I'm to say the same thing. I'm going to stick to that. I think it, I don't think the Niners are going to go at 30. I think it's going to be a close game. Ravens should be able to put up points, too. So I feel like the game is going to be in the 20s. It'll be a close game. And, and how do you pick against the Niners at all mm-hmm. right now? I just don't think you can. So yeah. um, that's 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 what I think. I think they're going to pull it out. Especially at home. I have them 27-24, so all of us are pretty close. Uh, that's yeah. my prediction. 49ers going to win it. In the end, maybe come down to a, a little Jake Moody action. 
Um, we'll see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, GTC says if Brock dumps his girlfriend and is seen in the nightclubs party, and I'm not resigning him. Keep him in church and Costco Wrangler jeans. Pay him right on GTC. Hey like, man, it's not his girlfriend. That's his fiance. Right. Right. Don't dump your fiance. Stay with the yeah. the Costco Wrangler jeans. Uh, Brock yeah. is farming and shopping at Kohl's, man. Kohl's he's cash, not, baby. He's not, he's not going. To, he's not going to nightclub. I, I love that he's like killing everybody right now, and he looks just like zero swag at all. I think it, that makes it even better to me. Yeah, it's, no swag, but he's the most confident dude in the world. I love it. I love yeah. it. You know, did what you mean? guys he doesn't care? He's just yeah, did and he's super calm. Like, that's what I like about him in the pocket. Did, hella poised and just relax. Yeah. Did yeah. you see the video of him? Uh, before the Arizona game, right? So that was his homecoming. So he had a shitload of family on the sideline. And there's a video floating around on Twitter. And you see him go up to them, right? Hugs, whatever. And then they pose for a picture and he's smiling, right? And then you could see, you don't see the photographer, but you know the photographer's done. And the minute the photographer's done, uh, Brock turns around, says bye, has a smile on his face, turns back around and just gone. Just yeah ice focus just yeah boom and i was like that's that's who he is man that's who he is you know who he is it's it's kyle shannon it's he's kirk cousins 2.0 right he mm -hmm. has more swag than kirk cousins but still not nearly enough for how good he is so kudos yeah. kudos to brock all right guys fellas what's the best advice somebody has ever given you and you guys can pick who goes first here man i was gonna make brian go first because i don't know i don't know if i ever um what's that thing marshawn lynch said about chicken, <laughs> take care of your chicken and your mentals. Take, your take body. care of your mentals. Take care of your chicken. That's, it. Yeah. that's the best advice I ever had. Take care of your yeah. chicken, take care of your mentals, and you'll be fine. That, that's good advice. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch is a, a well known philosopher, and uh, it's great advice. Yeah. Brian, you got, a, well you got another one? Um, I, I think for me, um, I had a friend who told me that. Uh, essentially and i can't remember it was the it was the thought behind it not necessarily the the words but that uh your career should enable you to do what you want with your family not take away from your family yeah so yeah that's good advice yeah. i've been I, I no one ever gave me that advice but i determined that for myself about uh, 2009 and uh I, I built my career around that to be able to um, work from home, work around my family. So that's great mm -hmm. advice. Best advice anyone ever gave me is my mother. It's very simple advice, but it's the best advice I ever got was just do the right things every day. Don't worry about tomorrow or, or yesterday. Focus on the day, do the right things every day and everything will work out. That's simple, basic advice my mom gave me is the best advice I ever had. So uh, I want to share that with you guys. And then uh, fellas, one more time, it's 49ers Web Zone. Um, the, no the name of the podcast. podcast no huddle podcast no yep, huddle. Yep. so so guys make sure you guys go uh subscribe to that podcast uh brian al i can't thank you guys enough for coming on the show hopefully we can do this again absolutely i love it i would absolutely love it you guys hit that like button subscribe to the channel i'll be back tomorrow tomorrow i got uh grant cone is going to be my guest and then i think i have a, a ravens um insider coming on also so make sure you tune in tomorrow 9 a.m appreciate you guys thanks brian thanks al later
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.